Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of His name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father will you bow Will you surrender to His majesty He can save you from the might of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter From the coming storm
There is a storm coming. There is a judgment coming. We are now 2,000 years into the announcement that John the Baptist made. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who has spoken the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. It's clear when you are in one kingdom and you begin to speak publicly about another kingdom that is coming and you are announcing it, you are directly in opposition to the military power of the kingdom that you are in. And I come without fear today announcing that the kingdom of God is approaching in full power and full authority. And the United States of America will no longer exist. Jesus is coming. Now let's be very, very plain about what I'm saying. Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom of peace not of violence. It does not enforce its commands with a with a forty five pistol. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of righteousness and holiness. It's a kingdom of love. But it is a kingdom and it does have executive power, and it does exercise that executive power. It is so totally unlike the kingdoms of this world, Russia, China, the United States. They all depend on their military might and military power to enforce their laws, the police. But this kingdom comes and does a clean sweep and removes all who do sin. That hasn't happened yet, but it will happen. When we come to Luke the seventh chapter. I want to share with you after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another. In other words, this is a a ground level op, uh, operation. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus, in other words, was traveling, going to villages. He would enter that village. How would he gather the people to listen to him? Well, very simply, he performed miracles, he healed the sick. He restored the broken. And the response was gratitude and excitement. And they would shout and they would announce what had happened to them. And people would come in droves to see this great miracle that had just occurred. And as the people would come, they would look now to Jesus and he would begin to teach them about the kingdom of God that was approaching. Yes, a civil kingdom. 
also a military kingdom. But the first introduction of this new kingdom is not a kingdom of military power. But no kingdom can be a kingdom for very long if it does not possess great military power. The book of Revelation tells you of the great military battles that are about to be waged between heaven and earth as God's kingdom finally takes full reign and full position and possession of the kingdoms of this earth. Commander-in-chief of the forces of this world, according to Revelation, the 20th chapter, will be cast into a pit and will be locked up for 1,000 years. The kingdom of God is a kingdom that is slowly taking over and will finally totally destroy and eradicate all sin, all rebellion, all bitterness, all anger. If we turn in the scripture to 1 John, the third chapter, Dear children, verse 7, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous. Wait a minute. Do not, do not let anyone lead you astray. He's speaking about the kingdom of God and he's speaking about the kingdom of darkness. There is total opposition between the two kingdoms. And John the Apostle is saying, do not let this kingdom of darkness rule over you. We are no longer a part of that kingdom. We are a part of the kingdom of God if we meet the criteria necessary to be a part of the kingdom of God. And many will say, I am a part of the kingdom of God, but they are not a part because they don't understand why Jesus came. Let me read it for you. Verse 8, The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. What is sin? John tells us that sin is lawlessness that is, refusing to obey the laws of the new kingdom that's taking over the entire world. We need to clearly understand the mysteries of this new kingdom. We need to understand what the new regulations are and how to to meet those regulations. We need to know what this new kingdom provides for us. How it removes the sin from our hearts. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, that is, of the kingdom of darkness. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. I want to stop just a moment. And I want to say to you, most of you have not seen ground level the battle that's going on between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. But be assured, the battle is real and the battle will determine whether you live or die for eternity. Now you may say, I'm not taking seriously this kingdom and this battle because I don't see it. Well, the reason you don't see it is the kingdom of the devil 
has established such a strong foothold in the world that you can live your entire life as a part of that kingdom of darkness and not even know why you're dying. But you will die as a part of the kingdom of darkness. Flesh and blood will not be able to inherit this new kingdom. You need to understand that. And you have to make the transition and meet the requirements in your human body so that when Jesus actually comes, the scriptures tell us that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you will be transformed and giving and be given an immortal body. Oh yes, we'll recognize each other. But it will be a body different than the one we now have. It will be a body that will never die. I want you to begin to understand some of the deep secrets of this kingdom of God and how you can meet those requirements. It says in 1 John, the third chapter, the reason the Son of God appeared That is, the reason the kingdom of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they've been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are or who the children of the new kingdom are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and their sister. One young woman I spoke to who cusses like a sailor, like some sailors. I'm a sailor and I don't cuss. Full of bitterness and anger. Full of judgments. These are all signs that that person has not entered into the covenants of Jesus Christ that will enable them to be a part of the kingdom of God. If you're not a part of the kingdom of God, you're a part of the devil's kingdom. There are only two kingdoms that rule the earth. And right now, the devil's kingdom seems to be ruling and winning, but they're not. So I want to come now. Let me read this for you. Jesus traveled about Luke 8, verse 1, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. What's the good news of the kingdom of God? That he's taking over. He's declaring an end of death. He's declaring a new kingdom of love and peace and mercy and kindness, a kingdom without violence. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Mary of Magdala. I've been to Magdala. It's a 
it's an archaeological dig now, but in that day, it was the place to be. Magdala was the place where the fishermen brought their fish out of the Sea of Galilee. Peter and James and John, they would sell the fish fresh and flopping every day. They'd be paid, and then those fish would be processed in Magdala. They would be salted down, and then they would be transferred primarily to Rome. That was their major market. Also, so she was a very wise businesswoman. She was involved in Magdala's business enterprises. Seven demons had to be cast out of her by Jesus. Then Joanna, the wife of Tuaz, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support the disciples and Jesus out of their own monies. These were wealthy businesswomen, and they were giving and supporting Jesus and the disciples in the work of the gospel. Now, a large crowd was gathering, and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, and he told a parable. Now, this parable, Jesus said, It will reveal to you the secrets of the kingdom of God. He's going to give us four basic understandings of the kingdom of God. The parable is that a a farmer went out to sow his seed, and in that day, farmer would tie like a gunny sack around one shoulder over to the other side and there he would open up the bag and he would begin to throw the seed expertly out upon his field. Some of the seed, however, fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky soil, came up, but the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants out. Still other seed fell on good soil, It came up and yielded a crop of a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out to everyone, getting their attention, saying, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. In other words, it's going to be up to you to decide if you're going to hear or you're not going to hear. Kingdom of God is not a kingdom that forces men and women to do what they don't want to do. So if you don't want to hear, you don't have to hear. You can turn the radio off or you can tune tune out of the YouTube. I'm going to share the secret of the kingdom of God, but it's up to you if you listen. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But he also speaks in parables for another reason. Though seeing the people, they may not see. In other words, you can choose to be blind if you want to be blind. You can choose not to hear if you don't want to hear. 
You see, this kingdom of God is going to only be filled with men and women who want to hear, who want to have their lives transformed and changed, who want to understand the secrets of this new kingdom. Are you attracted to a new kingdom that is a kingdom of peace and love? Or does it turn you off? Do you love violence? Do you love wickedness? Do you love uncleanness? Then you're welcome to turn aside and pay no attention to what this preacher is saying. Jesus gave people every opportunity to hear or not to hear. Now, he begins to break down the meaning of this parable. He says, the seed that the farmer is sowing is the word of God. If you go back, to the book of John, let me read this for you. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, so The Word of God was in the very beginning. He is the Creator God. All things have been made through Him and by Him. Colossians. Now, let's be clear what's being said here. Jesus is saying, what's being sown here is the Word. What's being sown here is Jesus himself. You need to understand that. Jesus sows himself because he is the new kingdom. And all who follow him can be a part of that kingdom. You're welcome to be a part of the kingdom of God. But please, treat it with great love and great respect because this seed is the word of God. It is Jesus. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So there is a path, the seed goes on that path. And the devil comes and takes that seed and destroys its influence in your heart so that you don't believe and you can't be saved. Well, let's be more specific. When you hear the word of God, when you receive Jesus Christ, There is a requirement as a part of the secret of the kingdom of God that you obey what you heard. 
If you do not obey what you hear, you will lose what you hear. Remember I said, Jesus does not tie you up. He does not lock you in irons and make you be a part of the kingdom of God. No, the kingdom of God is for those who encounter the word, Jesus. And then they either choose to obey that word or they blow it off. These are the people who want heaven, but they don't want to say no to themselves. Remember in the scripture, Jesus said, if you want to follow him, you have to deny yourself. You have to deny yourself the kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of wickedness, the kingdom of violence. You're not going to be able to be a part of hearing the kingdom of God, the word of God, if you are not willing to obey what you hear and if you absolutely refuse self-denial and you also say no to suffering. If your heart is full of the desire for the entertainment of this world. If we won't deal with our sins, I mean, if we won't deal in a very strong way with our sin, with the lust of our heart, with the bitterness of our heart, if we won't deal with that, and submit that to Jesus Christ, and ask that by his word, by his blood, it be washed away. Since Satan will have an easy time of sweeping into your life, and taking, and stealing, what Jesus has brought and revealed of himself to you. Jesus is self-revelatory, self-revealing. Jesus comes to the sinner, and he reveals himself. You can push him away. You can say, I'm not going to be a part of this new kingdom of God. I like my lifestyle. I like the lust of my heart. I am not going to give myself an obedience to Jesus. I'm not going to read the scriptures. I'm going to watch the television. You understand the choice you just made. You are walking without obedience because Jesus would say, Turn aside from violence. Turn aside from uncleanness. But I'm going to continue to consume my entertainment. I will not deal with any sin. If you say, No, Jesus then I'll tell you what will happen. Your pathway will become harder and harder. I remember as a boy, I grew up with my brothers and my family. 
on a on a river. And beside that river there were paths. And those paths had become as hard as cement. The weeds couldn't break through. The weeds couldn't couldn't make it there. And the result was that it was hard packed. We could ride our bikes down that narrow little path, or we could run in bare feet down that narrow little path. Nothing could grow on it. Your heart becomes that way. Where you are so settled into your position and you don't really understand. Now I'm going to try to be fair with you. You don't really understand what kingdom you are a part of. You think, oh, I'm a Christian. But you're not a part of the kingdom of God because you refuse to meet the basic requirements. This is the secret that Jesus is revealing. That you cannot just say, oh, I'm a Christian and I trust and love Jesus. You can't do that. The secret that's so misunderstood by our culture is the belief that I can I can go to heaven, I can get the best of everything that's coming my way. I can belong to two kingdoms at the same time because they don't seem to interrupt each other without knowing that these two kingdoms do in fact intersect and the and the kingdom of God wins because it changes you. It transforms you into a new person if you will allow it. But if in the lust of your heart you've been doing this so long, you've been living this way for so many years, you will not obey the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now let's be very, very clear about this. The kingdom of God comes with power power to transform you and remove from you all addictions, all habits. The the kingdom of God comes with the power to fill your heart with peace and joy and love. The kingdom of God comes with authority and power. Now, the devil doesn't want to let you go. And that's where you begin to see the real power between these two kingdoms. The devil says no, and he may do some strange things. I know Christians who while they were part of the kingdom of darkness and they made the decision to leave it and they tried and they were felt like they were being choked at night. They saw all kinds of demonic manifestations in their life as the devil was saying to them, look, I'm more powerful. You can't leave me. I have authority over you. You are a part of my kingdom and you will continue in the wickedness of your heart, whether that's lust or sex or anger for bitterness, whatever the lust is, Satan is in charge. It's an addiction. And he's not going to let you go without a battle. So you walk day by day, and you will soon be back in the wickedness of your heart, serving Satan, and he's laughing all of the way to the bank. 
because you continue to fund his enterprises. You continue to do what is wicked. You continue to go, oh no, the casino, the clubs, wherever it is that was your hiding place. And he will not let you go. You may feel like you're being suffocated at night. Somebody has come and laid down on top of you. You may hear things. You may see things. But Jesus has more power. And if you will stand firm and say, I will not serve you, Satan. I belong to Jesus Christ. I have changed kingdoms. Jesus will win the fight for you. Now I know what I'm saying to you today may sound strange. you will quickly discover the reality if you will determine to obey the word of the living God. I confronted a woman who was cursing. She said to me, Pastor, I know it's wrong. I know it's sin. But I can't control my mouth. I can't control whether I'm going to cuss my husband out or not. Well, I said there's a very simple reason why you cannot control your tongue. The devil still controls your tongue. But if you will make a decision to serve Jesus Christ wholly and completely, Jesus will take charge of your tongue and it will stop cursing. You have to decide. What I've shared with you today is the first secret of the kingdom of God. And at the very heart of the kingdom of God's secret that I've shared with you is that when you hear, you must obey. Hearing and obedience go hand in hand. You must be willing to suffer for the kingdom of God. And that comes about through self-denial. No, we can't go there anymore. No, we can't. We can't drink that anymore. Now, that's a form of suffering. You want that alcohol, but you've said, no, I'm done. That's a form of self-denial and self-discipline. No, I'm not going to say that anymore. That's self-discipline. Well, tomorrow I'm going to, not tomorrow, next Monday, I'll be back live. And we'll go further in this study of the 8th chapter of Luke, looking at more secrets of the kingdom of God. I hope this has been helpful to you. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'd love to see you on Sunday at the National Prayer Chapel. We help each other with these secrets of the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Lord, I know that you are the creator God. And you have authority over sickness and disease. 
And Lord, I know I'm broken with the leg that has not functioned for eight months, nine months. And it's affected every part of my body. And I stand waiting and willing to be transformed by your power and your kindness and your mercy. I ask for that healing, but not just for myself. I ask for the healing of sickness, of mental sickness, heart sickness. Lord, whatever the illness is, I ask you now, would you come and would you raise your hand against it? And would you say, you're healed in the name of Jesus? Lord, I know that it's only your name by which healing can come into the human body, mind, spirit. So, Lord, I come asking today for your healing power to be released over every person who is struggling. And I know in the spirit there are many who are struggling and suffering And they come and listen to this broadcast for the hope that you will touch them and restore them. Lord, I come for the same reason. For I know that you are the mighty God of heaven and that sickness and disease are of the devil. And you can move them out at any moment. I pray, Lord, giving all my loyalty and my love and my trust to you, Jesus. Knowing that you are about to open the way for revival in Washington, D.C. Knowing that you are about to heal my broken body. That you're about to restore what the what the devil has stolen. And we will shout with joy and we will praise you and honor you and know beyond any question that it was you who did it, Jesus. I thank you and I praise you. Now, Lord, I also need to come and ask if you would open the way for the National Prayer Chapel, for the radio, for the YouTube, that you would open the way and move in people's hearts that, Lord, they would want to be a part of of announcing the kingdom of God and the coming of revival and the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we come and we offer our offerings. We come and offer our hearts, asking that you accomplish the full work of the gospel in the announcing of the kingdom of God. For surely the kingdom of God is close by and you have begun to move to open the kingdom of God above all things. So Lord, I praise you today and I'm looking forward to your opening a place for public gathering with the National Prayer Chapel. I'm looking forward to your soon allowing us to announce that place and begin to meet there. In the meantime, Lord, we will continue doing what we're doing and waiting upon you. Lord, you know you have called the National Prayer Chapel through several very godly men like Pastor David Wilkerson many years ago. 
And Lord, I know that you have a purpose for us that has not been met, but I know it will be met. And Lord, I just stand by faith on your word that what you say is what you want and what you mean, and it will come to pass because you've said so. So Lord, I praise you, and I honor you, and I thank you for moving in the hearts of your people to give, and I thank you for each person who has who has sacrificially given for the work of the kingdom of God. Thank you, my Lord. Now, Lord, as we close out this broadcast today, I know it's necessary And good, ask you to put your name upon us, that you put your blessing upon us, that you send your presence, fill us. Lord, we just can't make it on our own. I can't make it on my own, Jesus. I don't have the wisdom or the resources, but you do. So, Lord, I thank you for the way you have carried us and carried us into this new year. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. So, Lord, we come today to receive your blessing and to bless you, Jesus. I know the greatest work of ministry that I have is to you, my Lord, to encourage you by my obedience to your kingdom of God. I know that you want to hear from your people, that you want us to pray, that you want us to seek your face, that you want us to be alive, not Laodicean, but full of your spirit and full of your power. Release now your spirit to your people and your blessing. In the name of Jesus, amen.